Welcome to Gardening with Daddy Pete. Let's join our host, Melvin York. Well, hello, everyone. You're listening to Gardening with Daddy Pete today, and I'm your host, Melvin York. And on this bright, sunny day here in Piedmont, North Carolina, thought we'd talk a little bit about uh, some of the questions that uh, has come up over the last week or so. And maybe you've had the same question and haven't had time to uh, ask it. Uh, again, let me give you some information or you can ask these questions if you'd like to. Um, you can go to our webpage, which is daddypeats.com. That's daddypeats with an S.com. And look on our front page there and it will put you right into our podcast where you can listen to some archived broadcast or, and they are titled uh, with the subjects, or you can uh, leave a question or leave a comment. Also, you can email us through there, and if you do have a question, and I'll be more than glad to email you back, or we'll take these questions and try to answer them on the broadcast here uh, daily on that. Now, uh, some of the questions I've had come up, and here's one of the big ones. Uh, it's simply this, uh, do you have the chemical like Grazon? And when I use the word like, there's more than one of those broadleaf herbicides uh, that's being used out there uh, in your compost. And the answer would be no upon that. We do have a dairy farm. We still do milk the cows. We actually are a working dairy farm, but dairy, cows and beef cows different production whatsoever um not only though i think calendar is getting a bad rap from a lot of things you could get it out of beef lot type manures to where pastures are sprayed with grazion and beef are put back on the pastures within so many days or fed hay that has been sprayed with that but that's not the only way that it gets into compost uh, be careful with a lot of your uh, compost that goes to uh, municipalities uh, from your landfills if they have not been herbicide checked uh, a lot a lot of your landscape lawn care companies do use chemicals like Grazon to spray on a lot of their clients' yards, keep the broadleaf weeds down, or they've got just that beautiful lawn. But during the grass clippings that they uh, catch when they're doing the mowing and doing the shrub pruning, et cetera, um, then they're taken to the landfill. The landfill uses those along with brush to compost with and then makes it public. Uh, for people to come in and get or purchase. Sometimes they give it away or you go in and purchase a load for, you know, a small amount of money. But again, I don't know. And the reason I say this, I don't know how many landfills or municipalities are actually having their compost herbicide tested. Maybe uh, a big part. I'm not sure. But again, that's another way for this to enter into the system. So, uh, but to answer your questions about our compost, our dairy calendar compost, uh, we have a North Carolina uh, state permit, and we've been permitted for that for over 30 years in North Carolina here. And our guidelines, our testing procedures, our rules are 
identical to the same rules for composting and manure that you will find in the USDA slash NOP, which is the National Organic Program. Uh, so we very stringently make sure our compost goes through the certain temperatures, certain tests, certain paperwork is uh, always on file and record for the state to observe. We do send out uh, ours for testing. So to answer your question, yes. And then here's another thing a lot of people hadn't thought of. We also, our milk's tested. It's tested like three times before it leaves our facility, three different tests before it's picked up and put into that tanker to make sure that it doesn't have any antibiotics, any of this, any of that in it. And then it's tested again uh, when it gets to the processing plant. So keep in mind, whatever's in the milk to the manure, that's just the way it goes. So I would say ours is probably tested more than your average compost or compost facility just for the simple reason we are having the milk tested also. And everything comes from the same animal. So I hope that um, puts you at ease on some of our products. We've been doing the same process for over 30 years in our composting. We try to make sure that when you buy a bag of Daddy Pete's products this year, it's the same product that you bought last year, and it performs just as well. So I hope that after some of the questions, I usually get one or two of that question about the Grazon once a week or so, and I just want everybody uh, you know, to be fully aware of that. Now, what's in other people's mixes, I don't know. But I do know there are certain ways it can get in, and it's usually through pasture feeding, through hay that's been treated, or the fields have been treated with that when they mow the hay. Again, through the landfill situation, because probably, probably there's as much or more of the grazon type chemical used on lawns uh, than they probably are on pastures in this area, just to be honest with you, especially uh, around a, a lot of your lake areas and places like that where your yards are more lush and again kind of more expensive lawns so that would be my guess i don't know that for a fact but there is a lot of it used on lawns that i do know so anyhow hopefully that answers your question and we'll move on to another one there one of the other questions that i've had this week is planting sweet potatoes and that's a good question because a lot of people don't plant sweet potatoes like they used to. There's a lot of crops that we planted. Uh, when I was growing up, we were, me and my wife had this conversation just today, how self-sufficient we really were and uh, how we canned everything. And the reason we got into all that is going to be another subject that I do tomorrow on health, why fresh vegetables, fresh foods, why we need to go back to the older ways of doing things, the more healthy way. But again, we had this conversation today and, uh, you know, we grew our own snacks. <laughs> we grew our own popcorn. We grew our peanuts. We grew the sweet potatoes. Uh, Mom canned everything coming and going from apples to peaches to damsons to pear preserves to jellies, jams. Uh, corn, uh, green beans, potatoes, uh, you know, just the whole nine yard peas, sweet peas, everything was preserved and we could go right into the cellar or uh, into the freezer. And we had vegetables that we had grown ourselves, 
We knew how they were grown. We knew the variety. We saved the seed. Uh, we knew what was put on it, what was not. It was just a healthy way of doing things. Uh, our own pickles, our own relishes, it was all made there. So it was kind of neat. But back to planting the sweet potatoes. Uh, what I recommend for those, if you're going to do row garden, if you're going to do raised beds, or if you're going to do containers, is use our planting mix. Now, use the regular planting mix, not the planting mix with permatil. You will not need that with the sweet potatoes. The sweet potatoes, like any potatoes or root crop, if you're going in to do that, it's nice to hill them up if you're not in a raised bed setting. Raised bed setting, if it's enough drainage, you don't have to worry about excessive water. But not so much in a pot either. But you're in your row garden, you want to make sure that you do hill that up, hill up those potatoes, uh, beets, carrots. They do not like a lot of water. When we do have these heavy rain or extended rains for two or three days, if you're not careful, it could stand around the root, give it disease. It can actually drown that plant. And uh, you're saying, well, what do you mean drown the plant? Uh, plants just like a human. It's got to have the right amount of air, right amount of water. So if you cut off its air supply by closing up all the air spaces with water, that's called drowning. And at the very least out of it, if it does drain enough, you can get a root disease, a plant disease, or uh, you can have a plant that will not produce the fruit of the size and the quality like it should, and it's going to be deformed or either a rotten spot or whatever. So it's very important. Use the planting mix. Use the planting mix in your raised bed. If you've already got raised bed mix in your planting mix and you're designating this for potato use or root crops, make sure you go in and amend it with about 25% of our planting mix. That's going to give you a little bit more success rate. Even though the raised bed provides great drainage, that's going to need a little bit of extra drainage with these root crops. So just a way to help you be successful if you're doing the first time planting. Now, sweet potatoes, there's a lot of different varieties. Some is going to take a lot of space and a lot of ground. Some of them will grow really big. Different varieties, different colors. You can get the orange, the reds. You have the white sweet potatoes. You have the yellow sweet potatoes. Some grow smaller. Some, the vines don't grow out as long. It's another thing to keep in mind. Some of your older varieties or your centennial long varieties get a long vine on them. Something else you want to think about when it's planting these sweet potatoes because they like to shade their areas of those sweet potatoes as root crops can grow. And it kind of acts like an insulation for them away from the sun and away so they don't dry out, kind of hold enough moisture. Another reason why you want to make sure that you have the proper drainage. All right. Well, that's just two questions. And then we'll get on with some more here, maybe in the next podcast or two. I would appreciate you taking time, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, to go to our website, which is daddypeaks.com. Click on our page for the podcast. You can ask that question, leave that comment, complaint, whatever the case may be. We'd love to hear from you. Hopefully, we don't have any complaints, but if we do, we most definitely want to hear about it uh, so we can take care of it. Another thing is you can also sign up for our monthly gardening tip email. We'll send that out to you. No, we don't sell your email address. No, we're not into the marketing scheme like that. So you can trust us, but it's not going anywhere there. You can do that. And while you're there, look about our about page. Look at where we came from. Look at what we do. 
Uh, we've been around since 1907. The farm's been there since 1907, been in the Smith family that long and still is today. Uh, look at our different products. I think you'll find it very interesting what we do to be still a working dairy farm. And then we have the uh, composting facility, the bagging facility also there. So it's, they both go hand in hand. And it's what I call utilizing the best of both worlds. So, you know, we'd love for you to, to kind of look around the page and see what's going on. You see the old house standing there? Yes, it's still there. It's been painted white, a few upgrades, but basically it's 99% the way it was when it was built a long time ago. Yeah, at least 90%. I won't go to 99, but I think that's kind of neat. So anyway, if you get a chance, go there. And we do want to thank you for using our products. We also want to thank you for tuning into these podcasts. And I most definitely want to thank you for all the questions and the good comments that you've sent in. And uh, that really does make us feel good and kind of gives us a little encouragement to keep even working harder and harder. We have some great uh, stores, suppliers, people, great customers. Well, until the next time, you've been listening to Gardening with Daddy Pete. I'm your host, Melvin York. Thank you for joining today's Gardening with Daddy Pete. You can check out our website at daddypeets.com for additional gardening tips and our podcast at gardeningwithdaddypete.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.